Well, 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 look who it is, man. It's the Rock Savages podcast. Today's episode is number 82. Yeah, and a good one it is, man. It's a really, really good one. I think it is, at least on the guest part. My part was a little, little rough. You know, we took a, we took a little break for a couple weeks. It was intentional, you know, um, Gosh, it just didn't seem like a lot of people were, were kind of paying attention. You know, podcast downloads are, are down across the board, the biggest ones to the smallest ones. And, uh, you know, it's obvious that everyone's a little distracted as of late with the news cycle, with what's going on. So we just we just decided to take a little, a little breather. Focus on the music side of our lives. As you know, a lot of you know, me and my co-host are musicians. We are writing original music. So we just decided to take a couple weeks off and, uh, you know, just write some jams. And, uh, you know, come back. Come back when it, when it felt right. And I think it feels right now. And uh, you guys, as you know, you can find us on all the major podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, you name it, it's out there somewhere, man. Go find it. Subscribe, rate and review it, and spread it around to your friends, man. Let them know what's going on over here at rocksavagepod.com. Now, we, we did record an episode prior to this one, but, uh, you know... It, it just it wasn't about music, you know, and that's what we want to keep this podcast about. It was just about everything that was going on in the world, and I'm not even going to release it, you know, because because it was just it was off topic, and uh, I think a, lead, a lot of people need to get back on topic with uh, what they know, and uh, we're not, you know, we're not a political podcast in any fashion, you know. We do talk about the stuff that's going on around us sometimes naturally, and there's nothing wrong with that. Me and, uh, me and Paul are fairly objective in our analysis of the world, the news cycle, things like that. And, you know, we're, we're going to stick to what we know, which is music most of the time. We express our opinions, and that's okay, man. And I'm going to tell y'all now, I'm going to tell everyone now, everything is so politicized these days, it's, it's almost... It's almost annoying. I get it. But I, I think the media just kind of creeps into everybody's head and in the, their hearts and their minds. And I got to speak from the heart. I got to tell you all now. And, you, and anyone who knows us knows this is the way we feel. The beginning and ending of our politics is simply this. Don't hurt anybody. Don't harm anybody. Don't steal. And then you're welcome in this little tiny corner of the internet known as the Rock Savages Podcast. I don't give a fuck who you are. Paul doesn't give a fuck who you are. It doesn't matter what you look like. If you're cool, then you're welcome here. And that's all you have to know. And if you ever hear us talking about what's going on in the world and you disagree, it's okay to disagree. It doesn't mean that you should hate us or we hate you if you disagree. And there's, there's not a lot of rhetoric going on in the media right now that says that kind of thing. That's not unifying, and it is okay to have diverse opinions, and it's okay to disagree with somebody, and it doesn't warrant you to go out and hate because they disagree with what you're saying. And I guess I'll just leave it at that. 
because there's so much division going on out there, and it seems like the media just has everybody by the fucking balls one way or the other. It's the left or the right or this or that. And it's it's ugly and it's it's terrible. So, you know, tolerance, man. Just have tolerance for, a, you know, the diversity of opinion. This is a very complex world, and I think we all love it. I think most of us are all compassionate people. We just have different ideas on how to fix problems. The most important thing to do is to listen and learn from others who think differently than you. And uh, that's it. That's all I'm going to say about it. I mean, I think I have a right to say something about it because we've had to stop what we're doing because it's just so staticky out there and it's so divided. And fuck that, man. Fuck that. And that's it. So we'll get back to music now. So, on this 82nd episode of the Rock Savages podcast, we have an amazing guest today. I mean, geez, I'm so lucky to talk to these people. Paul feels the same way, and uh, I'm glad that they jump on our little podcast every now and again. It is uh, Robbie Stabler from the the excellent, hardworking band called All Them Witches, man, which if you listen to this thing, you know we talk about these guys a lot. I highly admire them. I admire their songwriting, their constant evolution, their blue-collar work ethic, just grind, 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 album tour, album tour, album tour. Kids, if you're starting a fucking band, listen to these guys. Check them out. And if you want to do this for a living, the only way to do it for a living is to do what these guys are doing if you're playing rock and roll these days, which is work your fucking ass off. And that goes with anything you do in life. It is a a mindset. It's a work ethic mindset. So put everything you have into the things that you love and care about. And you will someday be successful. Doesn't mean you're going to be rich. Doesn't mean you're going to be famous. But you will be fulfilled and content. And that is what matters. And that's why I love this band so much. Now, I also must say that... oh. You know, here's some self-criticism I'm going to give you. You know, I, I, I kind of struggled a little bit with this episode because it was kind of off the cuff. We, you know, we didn't prep for it, and we just, you know, went into it and just did it. And a uh, little tired, I'm going to admit, you know, sometimes in the podcasting world, you know, it's just you're a little off, but you got to get on the mic and you got to do the damn thing. So forgive me for any of my stammering and and all that also the 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 episode starts off a little bit cut off so just get through the first uh, minute or so and uh we kind of get into a flow so um yeah you know i'm gonna release this stuff no matter what sometimes you just gotta you just gotta do it and go for it and uh that's how it is uh, Robbie seems like a very thoughtful guy. He has a lot, to, a lot of stuff going on. He's very talented. You know, he's a graphic artist. You know, videographer for all them witches. You know, he does a lot of their artwork and merch. And uh, he's the damn drummer too, man. I've seen him a couple times in a small room called the Garage Shop in Cleveland. Uh, they had a tour scheduled for this spring, but of course it got canceled like every other tour. So, um, you know, he's out there doing it, you know, staying busy and uh, trying to be a productive human in this, these strange, strange times. So check out all them witches, man. Fucking stream their stuff, buy their vinyl, do whatever, man. Go check them out. They're uh, they're well worth listen, a listen. They, uh, they make albums, man. They don't make just one or two songs and then the rest is filler. 
they have albums. They have a new album coming out September 4th, and uh, it was recorded at Abbey Road Studios, famously known for the Beatles catalog. So, um, man, look it up. Check them out. Follow them on Instagram, Facebook. I think they're on Twitter, too. Find them. Listen to them. Download them. Spread the word. And go to the shows when we can, because we talk about it. And uh, we can't wait to get back out there to see shows. And if you're a musician, also to play them, too. You know, it's just a, it's a sacred, empty space right now. And uh, you know, that's all I got to say. Um, it's a great interview. Um, like I said, just get through get through the first minute or two, and uh, you know we'll uh, we get into a little nice conversation, man. So uh, we hope you dig it. Thank you for the support, and uh, check it out. Episode eighty two of the Rock Savages podcast. You guys like coffee? I love it, man. Especially cold brew. And the one thing I can't stand is coffee that tastes burned, you know? Some of these corporate coffee companies source their coffee beans from multiple large farms. These beans undoubtedly have mold on them and need to be burned so they can use them in their batches. That sounds unhealthy and downright gross to me. I don't know about you. That sounds disgusting. The answer to this is Caveman Coffee Company. These guys are passionate about making great coffee from single source origin while focusing on quality and the health of their customers. Go to their website now and check out their nitro cold brew, their latte, their pumpkin spice, their MCT oil, and much, much more. You can head over to cavemancoffeeco.com and enter promo code ROCK at checkout to receive 15% off your order today. Again, that's promo code ROCK at checkout to receive 15% off. Face-to-face ones, but we'll we'll make do. It's always a good time no matter what. So um, it's a learning experience, good. you know, for sure. Oh, for sure, yes. You're out been on doing. What's that? Go ahead. No, I was saying I've, I've been helping my girlfriend with her podcast. So I'm, I'm learning the, the growing pains and all that stuff of podcasting. Oh yeah, it's uh it's a it's a ton of fun, but it's a big learning experience and there's like there's a big learning curve to it, especially you know, um especially if you don't do it. If you're not in like in radio or whatever, just I think it takes a lot more it takes a lot more thought and you want to be thoughtful and you want to have a good conversation as opposed to like an interview, you know, and I think that's always kind of our goal. What what's the name of your uh girlfriend's podcast? If we'll we'll plug it right here. It's uh it's called Made Women. It's a Sopranos rewatch. Oh, yeah. Okay. I got you. I think I've seen that. Yeah, it's good. It's uh, it's pretty entertaining. It's hilarious. Also Those girls are funny. I'll subscribe to it and uh, check it out. It's two, it's two girls? Yep. Uh, my girlfriend, Dre, and her friend, Chris. That's right. Okay, man. Yeah, I, th- I think I've seen them on Instagram for sure. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out. We'll, uh, give, we'll give them some more listeners, hopefully. Sweet, do it. You're out on the West Coast. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in Los Angeles. Um, I bounce back and forth between Nashville and here. Okay. Yeah, I was going to ask you: is, is all them witches like a multi-state band usually, or are you guys usually pretty close knit? We've only like the first year of the band were we all in Nashville, right? And then. Uh, and then me and Parks moved, Alan moved, um, and then last year, 
me and Parks moved back to Nashville, so we were we were in the same place uh, last year. But now everyone's out and about. Um, Ben's moving back to Florida. Parks is is moving out into Arkansas, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm bouncing back and forth between California and Tennessee. Wow. I always kind of wondered how that works. Do you guys, do you obviously you just have to schedule rehearsal and writing time then, huh? Yeah, we would always just uh, come up with some times to get together and, and jam and do stuff. Um, but this last record came together pretty quick just because we were all in the same place and uh, we got we were able to put a little more time into this one because you know, Parks are our neighbors in Tennessee. We, he lives one house one other house next to me um and i built a little studio there so we would we we're we were doing stuff this year and there but yeah as far as like rehearsals and stuff go we would typically just get together a few days before a tour and run out of space and and run some songs yeah yeah that's uh that's pretty standard fare these days you guys are like you're kind of you kind of remind you're real jammy like I've seen you twice at the Grog Shop in Cleveland, and uh, you're one of my new—you're not new, but you're one of my newer favorite bands, I guess. In the last ten years or so, I've been listening to you guys since around awesome. 2014, 2015. So, it's uh, it's been fun to watch the band evolve, and uh, it's it's real jammy. Is that how you guys tend to write songs, or does it differ from song to song? And does, do you guys all write together, or do people bring in parts? In pieces here and there, or how does how does that usually go? You, I, it, the reason why I ask is it because it's so cohesive in the jam style, even though it's a little heavier. Yeah, a lot of the stuff. I mean, it, it really covers all of that ground. You know, sometimes Parks will bring in some songs, and then we'll we'll figure them out together. Or Ben will have a riff, or or we're all just there, and I just start playing playing drums, and those guys jump in, and so really, it's a lot of it is is based on jams and it's, it's i think it's like an equal thing at this point at, at first it was like the first record was um i was just recording drums and then me and ben would just put stuff over top of the drum tracks and that's how the first record came out right um and yeah there was a lot of jamming like dying surfer we didn't even have a plan for that parks was out in louisiana and he he had three songs that he demoed and we didn't even plan or anything. We just got into the studio. And so that whole record minus three songs is pretty much just us jamming in the studio and figuring it out. Um, yeah. And like sleeping that came through, like that was, uh, we set up a 388 in Ben's garage and we just, we just jammed. And that was like the premise of most of that record. Um, and then the new one, we actually like worked some stuff out, but there's, we did we did some jams that's my favorite song on the record is called uh see you next fall right i think that's the name of the song i can't remember <laughs> um but yeah that was just that was just a jam we uh we ate some mushrooms and uh because right. we had like two hours left in the studio <laughs> and we knew we were going to save save just a jam for like the last little bit right so uh we did that we popped a couple little tiny shrooms and uh just jammed um, for about 45 minutes and and that's where that song came out of so yeah there's still jam stuff happening 
that's that's awesome. It's like a little micro dose just to get you on the the right level, you know. <laughs> An ultra, ultra micro dose. Someone just showed up at the studio, and we were like, "Well, okay. we're here in studio <laughs> two. We've got two hours left. We might as well just eat a little tiny one and just fuck around for a little bit." But yeah. not everybody did. I'm not incriminating anyone except for myself. We'll just say allegedly, right? You know. Allegedly, this happened. <laughs> well, I, I 100% did. <laughs> <laughs> right on. You're, you're the warrior, dude, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I was going to ask you about the new record later, but it's 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 the, the new song is so strong. I mean, uh, there's there's uh, there's some questions. It's, uh, um, is it called is Saturnine and Iron Jaw? Am I saying that? Saturnine right? and Saturnine. Saturnine and Iron Jaw, yeah, that's... Let's see, now, what does that mean? Is, is it profound? Is it open to interpretation? What is it? You know... Well, that's that's all that's all Parks. He, he comes up with the song titles for the most part and, and the lyrics. Um, and he's he's a little cryptic. Right. Um, so I don't, I, don't, I don't really know how to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> right on. It, it's always... I think tough. it's just... It's just kind of, kind of, kind of gloomy. Right. I, I kind of, I describe you guys. Listen, I mean, this is not by any means a slight of, of any kind. It, it, some of your stuff is like pretty morose. You know, I love it. You know, I think, I th- I'm not the kind of person. I think a lot of rock and roll fans feel the same way, where it, you don't always have to listen to this trite bullshit. Like where it always has to be kind of happy. Sometimes that sound makes me feel happy, and that's I know that's weird, and I think everyone's different, but I think it, it doesn't matter really what the subject matter is most of the time as long as it just touches you in some some way and it makes you feel a way. And uh, it's a sad song, a morose kind of sounding song kind of makes you inspired sometimes. I mean, that's kind of how I feel about it, and that's that's kind of how a lot of the Alden Witches songs are. But, I mean, you guys have, uh, you know, nice sounding songs too. I thought... A lot of the songs off of uh, "Sleeping Through the War" were kind of upbeat. The vibe of, vibe of it kind of reminds me—not the sound, but the vibe—is kind of like a little bit upbeat, even though some of the lyrics might be a little dark. It's like the like the what the Black Crows used to do and things like that with like a Morica, you know, or uh, Three Snakes and One Charm kind of stuff like that, you know. Yeah, you're you're breaking up. Uh... It kind of said that yeah, sleeping is definitely a little more up, a little more upbeat than the other ones. But there's something inspiring about relating to uh, like a gloomy feeling or you know some darkness. Everyone carries that stuff around, and and if you can shed light on that and and people can relate to it, then you know a sad song can do happy things for people. For sure, yeah, I'm definitely that way. Can you hear me better now? Yeah. Okay. Just checking. Um. Yeah. It's it's uh. I don't know. It's meaningful music. You know. I. It's not contrived. The band is not the the songwriting style is is uh, genuine. You know. You can tell, and you guys get that across. Awesome on tape. Going into the new record, I was gonna save it for later, but I mean, we might as well get into it because. First of all, I mean, you guys had the opportunity to record it at Abbey Road. As soon as I saw the picture on <laughs> on Instagram, I think it was, 
I was I looked, I stared at it. I was like, I just saw these guys at the grog shop and they're over at Abbey Road Studios, this legendary place. It's like, how does that kind of thing happen? Did they approach you or did you approach them and just ask them like what the deal is? Cuz I'm sure a lot of these kind of older studios, I mean, these are going away. Uh, you know, Abbey Road might be one of the last ones left, you know what I mean? How did that come about? Yeah, How did the opportunity well, present itself, I guess? Um, money. <laughs> uh, we contacted them. Uh, I think I think Ben Ben did some some digging, and uh, we found out that it was that there was an opening around when we wanted to track things, um, and they were stoked. Um, we were talking to like. I think they knew about the band and they were into it and uh you know everything's got a price and we could afford it so uh this is our last record for new west and i guess the idea was let's just go all out on this on this last one and we kind of saw it as uh justified as a, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity you know like right we had talked when we were there, like, man, it'd be cool to come back, you know, because it was, it, was, it was a great experience, but, you know, I don't know if we will for this record, and uh, it, was, it was a great experience. Yeah, I mean, things got a price, and if the time slot's open and, and you can afford it, then I think you can slide right in there. Um, but, yeah, we were, we were fortunate enough to uh, be able to get in I think we were in there for 80 days or something. Wow, that's awesome. Now, when you go... See, this is one of the things I'm always kind of curious about when I see musicians doing this kind of once-in-a-lifetime kind of bucket list thing of being able to record in a studio like this or to play like a big video. It's like when you go into a place like that, how do you kind of reconcile the fact that you're going to make a record there? Do you just kind of hang out for a couple hours and kind of soak it all in and take a tour, you know, a little bit, kind of get the vibes in, kind of soak it all in before you do the work. I mean, I, I've never experienced that level. Yeah, we... Go ahead. Yeah, when we when we got there, um, we got there the day before, and uh, we had an apartment just right, like, five minutes walking from the studio, so we just, we posted up there for a day, and uh, the next day, we got in as early as we could to bring some stuff, and there were some rental gear that was getting dropped off, so we just had studio and talked about where we were going to put things, and uh, you know we started setting up a little, a little slow at first, and uh, we went and looked through all their mic cabinets and wheeling in all this, this crazy stuff. You know, you at uh, back in the day, people would wear lab coats and, and gloves and stuff when they would handle all that stuff, but it's, it's different now. You know, we thought it might be a little bit like Disneyland when we were going to go because of all the tourist stuff and how popular that place is. But I mean, it was a little, it was a little grungy, you know, like the, the dark side of the moon board was just sitting underneath the stairwell with a ladder leaning on it out in the hallway and wow. you know, all these tape machines, everybody used just lined up and, you know, they wheel in carts of priceless mics, just all in a pile, you know, and they'd, take us out in the hallway we're like what other mics you got like let's let's see some other options here and it's like you know they're letting us open the drawers and, and kind of look through and grab stuff which is which is kind of unheard of um so yeah it was, it was cool um we did soak up the vibe a little bit but yeah the first day we really spent the time 
looking at some gear. I mean, we went in with a full list already advanced of what we wanted to use, but we did make some changes and, and, uh, really spent that whole first day just getting the drums set up. And by the end of the day, we had some drum sounds dialed and, and took it from there. Wow. It took a whole day, huh? To get the drum sounds in. That's, you know, that's how you make a record in old school way. And sometimes that's what's needed, you know, just to get it down. Perfect. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, once we had it all, it was really just setting it up. I mean, we we set up so many mics on the drums, um, and we did we didn't use probably half of them. I mean, we just we just set up an array of everything we could think of, just so that when we went back to mixing, we had so many options to like drop things out or bring some stuff in. Um, but yeah, I mean, once everything was placed, I mean, we really just we had an awesome engineer. We just set it up barely moved anything and just uh you know play drums for a little bit and the dude would send it back in the cans everyone would listen and they're like oh, i like these mics or like this that was it so i mean it really went fast it was just mostly mostly the setup time to put all those mics in there and that's where all the time was right yeah was it did you guys do it analog i mean does it do they have the digital stuff there too or is it just purely analog still no, I mean they have they have everything. Everything's digital and analog. So any anything you want to do, they can wheel it in in a second. You know, the whole hallways are lined with with different tape machines and stuff. But we did everything on Pro Tools. Um, we had a ton of insane Alboy gear, a bunch of Fairchild compressors, and all kinds of all kinds of really badass old stuff running into the box. So. I mean, we really got an awesome analog sound, but we, we tracked everything in Pro Tools. Yeah, that live room is amazing. I, I guess the disparity between tape and Pro Tools at this point is it's kind of it's kind of hard to tell sometimes. I mean, you can pretty much do what you want to do with it, and it's and it's easier to to record for the musicians for sure. I'm a I'm a drummer too, so I've, I've made several records. So I've, I've done analog and digital too. So I kind of I can relate to it, you know, like. It, it was kind of a fight, like, because we saw, like, I, I'm old enough now to have seen the transition from analog to digital, so we kind of fought it for a while, because, like, oh, man, this isn't really playing, because we can just edit everything, but I think once you once you come to terms with it, you just play the instrument and, and, and get the track, you know? Just do it like you normally did it, but it's just, it's just a lot easier to, to clean up just a little bit if you need to, you know? Yeah, I mean, we can do... A lot of uh, I mean, we did overdubs and stuff, and we we talked about using using tape machines, but the cost of of tape and the time to set it all up, and we were just like, now nah, let's just if anything, we would just bounce it out to tape. Which I don't remember if we did that or not. That was something we were talking about doing. I'm not sure if that happened. Right? It might have. It might not have. I don't know. When when we were done, the British Airways started canceling flights back to the States because of the coronavirus. And uh, we we got home on an empty flight. And when I got home, like we, we got home like two, one or two days before the whole the whole world shut down. Um, so, I, yeah, I kind of checked out once we got back. And I don't know if we bounced that stuff to tape or not. Yeah, it was a it was a heavy time, man. Because I, I remember thinking about you guys. Because I was like, isn't all the witches in freaking England making a record right now, and this shit's all shutting down? It's nuts. Yeah, I don't I, I don't know. 
at this point, man, I'm just like my mind is blown. I'm I'm just like quasi a little tiny bit depressed because who knows what's going to happen with the whole business, you know? Was I mean this this record was wasn't it supposed to be out a little earlier? And you had to push it back because of all this stuff. Would you say I don't know. The exterminator just showed up at the house. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> is it? No, that's right. I forgot I had it scheduled. Um, this isn't live, is it? No, no, we're recording. Can I call you back in five minutes? I just need to sort this real quick. Sure, no problem. Okay, sorry, dude. No problem, man. No problem. I'll be right here. All right, I'll call you right back. Sure. Yo, are we right, back? Yeah. No problem. No problem. What was I asking you? I was asking you. Wasn't the record supposed to come out a little bit earlier than uh, than than September because of the coronavirus? Did it push it all that all that back? The release date and all that. We were trying to get it out in June, um, but it just wasn't going to happen. And then you're like, all right, July, and then like August. It was like, no, it's September. And like, I didn't want to fight for it. It was just like, whatever. I didn't care. Um, and, you know, now that the whole the whole year is shut down, like, we were really trying to get it out earlier because of our tour schedule. Um, we had a bunch of great tours lined up this year, and every one of them canceled. So we got to, I don't even think we played one show this year. Yeah, that's, that's, it's fucking depressing. You know, to be honest with you, I'm just like, we. I think I had tickets to the grog shop. I think you guys were coming in April, if I'm yeah. not mistaken, or is Pittsburgh is one of those shows and it, it all got canceled. It's, it's just, what, what, are, are you guys rescheduling dates for next year, or are you just uh, gonna try for this year, or what's going on with that? Yeah, things are uh, getting rescheduled. Yeah. Um, but things, things next year are already getting pushed back. Like we had our Europe schedule was, our Europe tour was rescheduled for uh, February and March, and the promoters over there are already like, we need to push this back to the fall. So we'll see what happens next year. But yes, things next year are already getting shifted around. Damn that. It's just nuts. I don't know how, what what do you think about all the coronavirus stuff? I mean, I'm kind of I'm kind of over it at this point. <laughs> I hate to say that, but it's just I think I think a lot of people are just like you can only like cage us up for so long, man. I think if people are going to get it, they're just going to get it and we're going to have to deal with it, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely it's definitely a real thing. Um Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it would be it would be nice if it would if it would just go away, but honestly, like I don't I don't see it going away anytime soon. And I was just looking at the numbers and like it's spiking in the States right now. And, um, you know, if I, if I live by myself, I would just, I would just kind of be doing whatever, you know, but we've got an old lady here at the house who's immunosuppressed. Yeah. I mean, she can't even get a cold right. or herself to go to the emergency room. So like, we got to be super careful here. And, yeah. 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 Um, you know, in the past three months, I mean, I, I got to California right after London. I flew straight here. Everything shut down, and then we were we were quarantined here for two and a half months straight. And then things started to seem to mellow out a little bit. And right. 
I decided ATW was going to do a live stream and, uh, I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to drive back. So I drove back one of my friends out here. I'm doing a side project with this dude, Evan Smith. He's a pro skater. He used to ride for element and he rides for DC. We've been talking, working on a side project. And he was like, well, I'll drive you. We'll work on our record and then I'll help you like film this ATW stuff and for a music video and then like the live stream get home drive home about four days and uh we start recording our side project to finish that record and uh then all this protesting yeah i mean it's just one thing after another you know it's nuts i think it's pretty sketchy where i'm at here and they like directly threatening this neighborhood like some some real shitty groups were like talking about coming up here and like burning the neighborhood down and like doing organized looting and stuff. And I was like, fuck that. I, I got right back in my car, like the ATW stuff, the, the live stream got canceled. It was like, this is no time to play a show on the internet for tips. Like, right, right. You got to go back. So, right. I, just, I was, at, I was at home for just like a few days and just drove back. And now it's like, you know, it's back to quarantine and, you know, I had to be super careful that whole trip. You know, we didn't stay at any hotels or anything. Right. We just kind of powered powered through and, you know, carrying tons of hand sanitizer and rubbing alcohol. And, you know, I haven't, haven't really seen anybody um, outside of my house for months. Damn. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in a good situation here. And there's a lot of people in this house. And, right. You know, we all enter, entertain each other. And, right. you know, I've got, I've got a studio out here with me in california so i can work on music and you know filming music videos like i'm doing the the video for rats i'm gonna start that today and finish it this week and editing another video that i shot in tennessee for the new atw album so you know i'm staying busy and it would be nice to be able to go back out and just hang out and not have to worry about anything but you know i'm just just counting my blessings things could be a lot worse i'm in a good space yeah, it's a good it's a good headspace to be in. I mean, I think all of us musicians can keep ourselves occupied. Like, I'm in a band too. We're writing. We, you know, it's new. We don't even have a name yet, but we've been writing material like crazy. So it's just like that's what's keeping us sane. It's what's keeping me sane is is diving into the creativity side of it. You know. Yeah. Do you uh? So you do the artwork for all them witches too? Do you you do all the videos and stuff too? Is that kind of how you? Is that kind of like a side gig for you? Uh, that's not really a side gig. I've always I've always done the art for the records and the press photos and uh, all the merch designs and the album layouts and all that stuff. I mean, that's I grew up just doing art, and um, the band was was a good way for me to to turn that into into something for the band and kind of create a visual direction and. Right. and carve out that aspect for it and, and also like make sure that quality control is where I want it to be and to sell merch for the band and make money on my art. So it's just kind of like a two-edged sword, you know, we've got the, the music going and then I've also got the art part covered. Right. We had uh, it's all in-house. one guy did a video for us. The first movie video we had, some animator did it. And then after that, I really wanted to keep the money in house um, and really take it the distance. So my brother jumped in and did a couple of videos after that. And then when we did the three, five, seven video, that was where I, I did the first video and I've done all of them after that. It's just, uh, 
something to keep busy and you know I've had to do film so it's it's good for me to do that and sharpen my skills in all these areas like editing and shooting right. film and learning different things always and it keeps me on my toes like I I always have to be doing something and if I can take everything I'm doing and have it working for something that I'm involved in in another aspect too then just it just makes the most sense because no one's gonna care as much as I do and no one's gonna put in the tedious detailed hours that I will do like trying to make everything perfect you know and I can't sit around and try to tell people how to do things because I hate that shit right. so right. I just put, I just put it on myself and, and it's fun yeah you do a great job with it man it, all, all, all the all the witcher stuff is very unique looking and it's very it's very you guys you know it's unique in that in that sense you know I, I think that's the right path it, I think the reason why your band means so much to me is because it's kind of like it, it feels like a blue collar work ethic and the art kind of reflects that, but the music and the songs reflect that too. It's it's just all genuine. It's what real art and rock and roll really should be. And it's bands like you that are taking. You're getting you're getting successful, and I can see that before all this happened, that you know the audiences are starting to grow a little bit, at least overseas. I know you guys were doing some theaters, and uh, that's how you do it. And you know, it's not about being famous. It's about gathering an audience over years and years of hard work, and that you know that doesn't happen a lot in the music industry these days, where a band gets popular just on pure grit, like you guys are doing. And I think that's what uh, a no, lot. No, that's of, totally true. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think that's why a lot of the fans that like your band really I, they appreciate that element of it because it really reflects in the art, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a grind, and I've always enjoyed hard work, you know, even when I've had regular jobs you know i would work sometimes up to 90 hours a week just grinding and stuff so that i could get to the point where i can do do what i want and uh you know now that the band is is that is that a point where i don't have to necessarily have another another job um i'm able to make a little bit of extra money to keep the the art projects going and stuff like that for the band so it's definitely a blue collar thing it's it's an insane grind and uh you know being on the road as much as we've been is it's not easy you know i mean we're not in a tour bus we're not you know a lot of friends and family are like oh man it's so glamorous and it's like yeah. dude it's not like we're 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 crammed in the van like barely getting any sleep sleeping in shitty hotels and uh you know surviving on sandwiches right. um there's nothing glamorous about it you know and we're paying a shitload of money to be able to, to do those tours and people just don't people who don't do that just don't just don't understand it, you know they just see like the shows you play and they think that you must be like doing some glamorous stuff and like no dude this is all blood sweat and tears and 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 being away from the people you, you care about and um there's nothing easy about that you know i don't i don't work eight hours a day i work 18 hours a day Right. And, uh, you know, I've never, I've never worked so hard in my life. <laughs> um, you know, I used, I used to be a full-time arborist doing 70 hours a week, every week. And this is, you know, this is just as, uh, draining or, or more draining to do that. You know, being on tour is, 
it's not easy, man. It's not easy. I know, man. I you know I, I tell people that shit all the time. I mean, it's it's backbreaking work sometimes. And like I, I read a an interview with Duff McKagan before Guns N' Roses got back together, and he was in a one of his other bands, and he just broke it all down. He's like, yeah, we go on tour in Europe, and we travel eight hours on a bus then we jump on a plane 45 minutes we get on another bus we barely make it on stage we play the fucking 45 minute show we get back in a bus go back to the airport fly another two hours get back on a bus and do it all over again and that's really what it is you know and 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 to have him say that i mean he doesn't have to do that stuff you know he's doing it for the love of it yeah and it's like that that was eye-opening and i tell people that story all the time i was like yeah this is not what you think it is and People need to go out and support the bands on the road. They need to buy their shirts. They need to buy their music if they can, stream it, share it, you know. And that, that's all really important yeah. because, you know, everyone's working hard if they're doing good stuff, you know. That's true, man. There's uh, not very many people who are actually touring in, in luxury at all. It's, no. I think it's a grind for everybody who does it, you know, being right. on a on a bus or a van forever and then switching planes and stuff. I mean, when we go to Europe, it's the same story. I mean, when we did this ghost tour, there was one day where we had like a, we were, we had like a little mini bus. I mean, the smallest little thing. It looked like it came out of a Mad Max movie. <laughs> it's so crammed and, and we're in there. And I think one of the drives, we were in there for like 34 hours straight. I mean, it's fucking miserable. Oh dude. my God, dude, that's terrible. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and that's that's constant. Yeah, it's it's a grind, man, for sure. It's good to it's good to tell people and let them know that you know maybe they'll appreciate it more when we're all allowed to go back out and maybe it'll be good for the music scene. People are probably gonna be fucking starved for a live show. I know I am. I'm so bummed out, man. But as soon as you guys come back to Cleveland, I will be there, man. Maybe we can maybe we can do a face to face conversation. But there's a couple more questions I want to ask you before I let you go. I know you're a busy guy. So this is the last. Yeah, sure. This is the last record for New West. What's the? What are the plans after that? Have you guys talked about it? Are you just kind of rolling with this, getting this record out, and hopefully do some touring soon? Um, we'll we'll see what happens. You know, we've, we've talked about being independent. Um, you know, we'll really see. Like, if we're going to be on a if we're going to be on a label, it's going to have to be um, something pretty pretty awesome. Um, because there, there are pros and cons to being on a label, and if you're not on a label, you get to keep all the money that comes in, you know, most of it anyways. So there's there's things to for us to think about, but um, you know, we don't we don't really have a plan. It's just it's it's just gonna be figured out on its own. You know, I'm sure we're gonna get some offers. Like I've been talking to some people. Um, and we'll, we'll just see what, see what's out there. You know, record labels aren't the same as they used to. Like, people aren't getting paid, you know. Like, bands that I've watched some corn documentary or something a long time ago, and they were talking about, like, when they got their record deal, I think they all walked with millions, like, and not even having a record out. I could be wrong about this because it's been such a long time, but, like, right. that shit doesn't happen anymore. No. Um, you know, people people want to sign you because they want to make money on you, and uh, so so you lose you you do lose some things. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, it'd be nice to have some real badass support that really uh, can promote us all over the place, and right. and we'll see. 
you know, so that's all to be determined. Yeah, it's kind of like with, with uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Rival Sons. I know you guys shared the producer, Dave Cobb, with them, but um, that's kind of what they did, man. They went out and just grinded out on their own. I mean, they own all their masters. They own all of their merch, and they just licensed out their records to Earache, and then finally they got they decided to ink a deal with Atlantic, and then they're bigger than they've ever been. So maybe it'll work out for you, for you guys that way, which I have to be selfish and ask one more question. I, I'm, I'm curious about Dave Cobb because he – is one of the top producers out there. What was it like working with him? I thought um, Sleeping Through the War was an amazing record. It was a, maybe a little bit of a departure. I don't know. It sounded like All Them Witches to me. It was just a little more produced. What was it like working with him? Because he's, he's becoming the man down there in Nashville, you know? I mean, he's done all the Rival Sons records, which I'm a super big fan of, and, and you guys too. What was that like working with him? Yeah, it was cool, man. Dave's, Dave's a really cool guy. Um super nice um i actually got to hang out with him a couple times earlier this year and it was it was good to catch up with him and say what's up um working with him it was it was very chill man it wasn't like a lot of uh you guys should do this or do this or do this you know he just kind of talked to us and was was encouraging us and you know he was he was just there um you know he had a couple ideas that we that we ran with like i think on uh that song Bruce Lee, I yeah, think it's called. That's a great song. He, he had us like short in the beginning, and and then he played some percussion on that song with me, and you know, really, he just let us do our thing. Which you know, if he wasn't going to, I'm sure we would have. Like, I'm sure it wouldn't have worked out because right. we kind of just do our own thing. Like we, we don't really need help figuring things out. But it was cool to have him there, and and you know, just a to hear him be stoked on what we're doing um it, it was cool it was it was really easy i think we were in the studio for five or six days with him um but yeah it was very chill man he's a he's a pretty laid-back guy and he's funny and yeah it, it was it was cool to to get to know him and uh you know hopefully i'll keep running into him in the future because he's a fun guy to hang out with and He's good friends with, with my girlfriend when we met. Yeah. We didn't know like that we knew each other, and she she asked him if I was if I was okay to hang out with um, <laughs> before we met. Nice. <laughs> so like that was kind of funny. It turned out to be a small world, but yeah, Dave's cool, man. I, I I would work with him again in some capacity. Um, I I don't know how. I don't know if we would. I don't think ATW is going to go with. A record where we we hire an outside producer, um, but yeah. Well, if you don't need to, you don't need to. Well, I mean, why relinquish it? You know, I mean. But it sounds like fun. Right. I mean, if you getting another fresh pair of ears and eyes on a project can be really kind of important. Sometimes if you guys get too, a little too close to the material, I've been through all that too, and it's sometimes it's important to have a, a, an outsider kind of looking in for your best interest and maybe steering it in a different direction. It, it, it can make it a lot of fun, and that sounded like a lot of fun. So, Man, I'd lo- love to hear another uh, Dave Cobb, All Them Witches record. Tell the guys, man. Tell the guys. No. <laughs> uh, well, no, I, I, lo- I love that record. I love the way it sounds. Oh, it's um, great, man. Yeah. It's definitely one of, my, one of my favorite ones. Well, uh, man, I'm super stoked about the new song and the new record. It comes out September 4th. Nothing is the ideal. 
Um, I'll be snatching that up on vinyl for sure. I'll be looking for you guys to come to Cleveland, man. You got to come back soon. Hopefully, when we're allowed to do so, it'd be great. Um, if so, let's uh, let's do this in person. Let's do it again. We do we do some interviews in person, and we would uh, love to just sit down and shoot the shit, man. Yeah, for sure, man. That's it. Awesome. Uh, okay, uh, I'll let you go for now, man. I'll uh, maybe we can talk sometime in the future. Uh, good luck out there. Stay well, and uh, we'll be looking for this new record on September fourth. Thank you for the time, Robbie. It's uh, your band's big deal. I love them. I love you guys, and uh, stay safe out there. Thanks for the work. I appreciate it. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for reaching out, man. No problem. Talk to you soon. Stay All well. Right. See you, bro. Bye, bye. Bye.